With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the show. Four o'clock hour here on In the Zone. We appreciate you taking the ride with us today. NFL Combine weekend has come and gone. There are are a couple of guys that stood out from the pack. Several storylines to comb through here and a lot of contract news as well. Let's bring on a man who was in Indianapolis for the event. Brad Spielberger joining us, NFL analyst over at PFF.com. Brad, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So everyone has their own opinion of what the Combine is, what it represents. Where do you fall on that in terms of its overall meaning to the evaluation process? You know, I think as years go on, you see more and more teams now with player tracking data and computer vision and all these things they can do with the college film to also be able to study the athletic traits it becomes a little bit less important, but I still do think two reasons. First, if they hit certain thresholds, right, it's not about setting some crazy number, but also avoiding a bad number. And the number two, still end of the day, you talk to any single evaluator across the NFL, the interviews, being able to talk to these guys in person, a lot of times for the first time, maybe an area scout got to know them a little bit, but you know, the higher ranking people, you know these guys as people, that matters more than everything else and should not be overlooked. So Anthony Richardson really stood out. Uh, at the combine, breaking records for vertical and broad jumps, he ran a four four forty. You were there. What was the buzz around what he was able to do? I mean, it was truly crazy. It was, you know, went from this guy's going to be a top ten pick coming into the week, which already maybe seemed a little bit, you know, kind of out of left field. To this guy's a legitimate contender to go maybe first overall if the team trades up with the Chicago Bears because he is, you know, today's NFL. We've seen this trend of. Unless there's a phenomenal, just good playing prospect with no red flags or no, you know, weaknesses. I think you could argue Bryce Young's height may be perceived as a weakness. Then they're going to go for these super athletic guys that they can mold in their image that they think they can create. You know, the ceiling is high. And his ceiling is as high as any prospect ceiling, you know, in the entire NFL. You also talk about, yes, he's raw and has things to grow on. His accuracy was not great last year, but he avoided sacks pretty well last year. He had some, you know, maturity in his pocket presence and things of that nature. So, you know, the buzz was through the roof, uh, especially once he tested. It sounds to me like you might be an Anthony Richardson guy. Well, everybody, it, he's polarizing. You're either with him or you're against him. It seems like that's the case. Are you, are you an Anthony Richardson guy? Yeah, so, you know, I went to an SEC East school, so, you know, I, th- I think I do pay more attention to that, you know, division of the conference than anything else in college football. And so always was kind of on my radar. Uh, I thought he had a lot of really good football this year. And for me, watching my team play against Kentucky's Bill Levis and Florida's Anthony Richardson, um, you know, I-, I just thought I saw better, you know, talent traits and ability from Anthony Richardson. Both guys can run. Levis is kind of their running quarterback in Penn State before he transferred. You know, Richardson obviously known now known for his freakish athleticism, but also when he is accurate and on time and in rhythm, can deliver a really nice ball um, as a passer. So very different coming from very different backgrounds um, in terms of the, the style of offense they were playing in college. But like I said, if you want to buy a lottery ticket, 
and you want to say, hey, I just want to shoot the moon and go for the highest feeling, in my opinion, that is definitely Anthony Richardson. We're talking to Brad Spielberger, NFL analyst over at PFF.com. Also, big-time cap guy, does work for OverTheCap.com. I'm assuming that because you're a cap guy, you're good with numbers, you said SEC East School, would that be Vanderbilt? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yes, nailed it. See, all the smart guys go to Vanderbilt, so that's what I, that that's what that's what tipped it off right there. Bryce Young measured in at five ten two oh four. This isn't a shock. We all knew he was small, but do you see size as a deterrent for some of the teams that you think could look his way super early in the draft? You know what's really funny is I had a conversation with probably three or four different personnel people at different clubs, and they said, I think at this point the media, meaning I guess myself and, and us people talking about this are almost projecting onto the teams, right, where we're used to them making a big deal out of size and measurables. And, you know, we say, oh, but his college tape is so, so good, and he's such a good player. You know, why do these teams care? And then historically we see the teams, you know, they show us. They bet on traits, bet on talent. And they're almost saying, I think you guys have gone too far, where I think you think we care more about it than a lot of teams actually do. Mm. But his tape is just that good. I had one guy tell me he had the best poise and pocket presence of a college quarterback you've seen at least in the last decade. Yes, there are still going to be concerns about the height, but, you know, same height as Kyler Murray. I know everyone makes fun of Kyler Murray these days, but, you know, signed a $46 million per year contract for a reason, has been good so far in the NFL, obviously some down moments. But, yeah, long answer short, I don't think they care about it as much as we do or, or we think they do, um, and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first quarterback taken in the draft. That, I could definitely see that being the case, and I think I may use that moving forward, that that's just it, – it, it's, uh, it's almost like – like media hype that this is something that teams obsess over. I meant to ask when it comes to a guy like Anthony Richardson, because I, I don't like him as a first round guy personally. And I understand that I'm going to be wrong. I mean, he's going to be drafted in the first round, but I think it to me for him to be successful, he's got to go the Patrick Mahomes route and then he's got to sit for a year from a cap perspective. Does it make sense to draft a quarterback, especially a quarterback with a high first-round pick, when you know they likely have to sit a year. Does it still make sense to do that because you're giving up a year of that cap flexibility you get of having a rookie quarterback? I think if it's just one year, it's still okay. Obviously, you do want to take advantage of that rookie contract window, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you develop the guy and let him become a good player in time, then you know it's totally worth it. You still have two or three years before that extension to make things work. And I think in particular, there are two teams that jump out to me that make all the sense in the world for this exact route. And that is the Seattle Seahawks at number five, who as every day passes, I think more and more are going to be drafting a quarterback in this class. There's not really a sense of urgency in bringing back Geno Smith. I think it will get done, but I think they're not really afraid if it doesn't because I think they are sitting at five thinking, hey, we're never going to pick this high again. You know, it's not even our pick. Obviously, they're not picking that high. And maybe pull the trigger. And then number six, the Detroit Lions with Jared Goff, who I know they like. They're they're okay with him being their quarterback next year. Um, But, look, coming into the end of his contract now, two years remaining, I want to say they don't love him. They don't think he's going to you know win a Super Bowl for them. They've obviously that front office and Brad Holmes, the GM, has been with Jared Goff for a very long time going back to L.A. And, again, you bring in Anthony Richardson, you put him on the bench for a year, let him grow, let him learn. I mean, he had fewer than 400 college passing attempts. And then in 2024, you hand over the reins. I think both of those teams make a lot of sense for his service. I love it. If he gets drafted by the Lions, I'll be all in. I'll forget everything negative I've said about Anthony Richardson. I'll be all in. What what a great fit that would be. Just 
personnel-wise, coaching-wise, and, and being able to sit behind a guy like Jared Goff. In terms of running back talent, specifically at the top, it's tantalizing. Jameer Gibbs ran a 4-3-6 at the Combine. B. John Robinson is big and strong, still fast, 4-4-6. Did those guys do enough to simply reaffirm what we already thought about them, and is it enough for them to go in round one, even though they are running backs? Bijan, no question. I'd be surprised if he's not a top 20 pick, you know, not even first round. I mean, it's part because you talk to a lot of people and the consensus is this is not a great draft class. There are these four quarterbacks that, you know, we always look back historically and judge classes based on them. But, you know, they're not in love with the offensive tackle play. You know, a couple guys that I think project as guard, maybe like Northwestern's Peter Skaronsky, and some of the other guys are great athletes. Maybe the film isn't quite there yet. And then defensive line, there are some big names, of course, uh, but, again, not a super, super deep group, per se. Um, and then the receiver, of course. You know, a couple guys will go first round, but not a ton. So, long answer short, I'd be surprised if Dijon Robinson is not a first-round pick. Like I said, I would I would bet maybe even top 20. And then Gibbs, you know, I think it's only if you see, like, a Philly or a Kansas City at 30 or 31, one of those type of teams. You know, Buffalo at 26, I want to say they're at. Maybe Cincinnati if they move on from Joe Mixon, something like that. I think would be the only way that happens. Um, but I would guess he's one of those classic early second rounders, like we've seen with Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift and, and you know Kenneth Walker last year, uh, Bree Paul. I find him more in that range. So big news coming out of New Orleans: Derek Carr signing with the Saints, a four-year deal. How will this compare to what he was getting with the Vegas Raiders in terms of? I haven't seen the dollar figures, so I don't know if you have yet, and what what this means in terms of what he gets paid here versus what he was getting when he played in Vegas. Yeah, it's super similar, and I, I probably not trying to pat myself on the back with this one, but but I found it odd that people thought he was going to get some tiny deal or sign some you know way below market rate contract that's getting cut. Essentially, what really matters is he has sixty million fully guaranteed as of today, and that it's likely going to be seventy million in guarantees that he sees because ten million more will kick in you know early next season. So he had seventy five million or so in cash earnings scheduled for the next two years. Well, it was only 40-point-something, you know, guaranteed over the life of that old contract. So he gets more guarantees, a little bit lower cash flow in those first two years, but realistically, it's basically the same thing. Two years of guarantees, two years he's likely on the team, and then the Saints can get out of it after two years, and the Raiders, you know, could have gotten out of it after one year, I suppose. Um, so pretty much the same thing. Do they uh, do they have the money to build around him? Because I know they were in a bad cap situation just a couple of years ago, but those things tend to be rather fluid in the NFL. They've been in a bad cap situation for probably the last five years, and they will be in a bad cap situation for the next couple. But they just don't care. Uh, I mean, their ownership just wants to spend money. Um, you can always kind of push things down the road. The credit card bill does eventually come due. I mean, they missed the playoffs two years in a row for a reason. I still think, you know, the NFC South is bad, so maybe they win it this year, but I don't think they're actually a contender. Um, look, I mean, the Michael Thomas situation is interesting. I think he's probably on the way out. There's a path to where they could bring him back next year, but maybe losing him, um, you know, and, and there are some other tough decisions ahead of him. Can they bring back David Onyemata, the interior defender? Can they bring back, um, you know, a bunch of other free agents that's coming up? It's going to be tough. Marcus Davenport, the edge rusher, um, and so on and so forth. So, can they get through it and have a, a solid roster that goes around 500? Yes. Can they add a bunch of big ticket free agents and try to, you know, be a 12 win team? No. Uh, real quick before I let you go, I saw this pop up just before we came on the air today. Derek Henry, some trade rumors there in Tennessee. Is it smart for them to shop him at this point, and are you buying the rumors that are out there? 
I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, at this, at this point, it looks like a full-scale teardown. They've obviously cut a bunch of players now. They've already saved around $50 million in cap space for next year. So they're clearly trying to tear this thing down and start over. I'm waiting for the domino to fall with Ryan Tannehill. I see no way they pay him $29 million for next year. So, hey, maybe you get a pay cut. It's not an outright cut, but I'd be shocked if he's back on that same number. Um, with Henry, going into the last year of his deal, owed $10.5 million. I mean, yes, he is Derrick Henry. He still looked really, really good last year. But he's right around that age where guys tend to fall off. So I would only, the only reason I would say no is maybe it's not going to be an exciting return. Like, they're not going to get anything better than a third-round pick, in my estimation. Maybe, you know, get a conditional third that could become a second or something like that. So maybe they look back and say, hey, let's keep this guy on our roster for his career. Let's find a way forward with him on the team. Uh, but maybe they don't want to pull the trigger because it's going to look underwhelming when they do get a deal done just because of the way the contract is set up. A new team's not going to pay that much, you know, for a one-year deal with an extension expected. Hmm. Brad Spielberger, NFL cap analyst over at PFF.com. On Twitter, you can find him at PFF underscore Brad. Thanks so much for the update from Indy and uh, and all that cap info, Brad. Really good stuff today. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good stuff there. Uh, I find it fascinating that Derrick Henry could end up getting traded. Just trying to wrap my head around who would make that deal. And it would be, he's one of those guys. I can't even picture in a different helmet. Can't picture in a different uniform. But he can make he could change your offense just based on how dominant he can be when he's healthy. I mean, Raheem Palmer of the Ringer, who joins us weekly, has been at the beginning of this season was trying to hashtag Larry Holmes status for Derrick Henry. And while he's not all the way there, still a dynamic player, you just know that he's on the downturn. So yeah. somebody it's either the perfect or worst time to trade for him. If you don't have to give up too much, I do think there's enough gas in the tank to get some serious Derrick Henry highlights. But if you're giving up too much and you all of a sudden try and revolve your offense around them, uh, you know, it could end up blowing up in your face. But, uh, you know, I still think the world of him. I just feel like he might start to become a guy who you want to balance with a quicker back as well and not just make him like you're all three down back. I think that's smart. If you were to bring him in not to change your offense, yeah. I mean, if you need him that bad, you you probably are, are in worse shape than Derrick Henry saving the day for you. But really more of an additive to a team that's already really good and then just keep him on ice for a lot of the season. Just just make him a more of like a short yardage specialist or think, the guy that can grind the clock away when you're winning? I, I think he could still do a little bit more than that, but it's like, you know, I, for some reason, just keep thinking of the Eagles. And they have decisions to make. They yeah. have, I believe, uh, the, you know, interior linemen's about to go to Cleveland. There's other guys who are free agents, but as long as uh, what's Howie Roseman's running things, they're going to be able to figure it out. Uh, but if, he, if someone like him ended up in that Eagles system with oh that line... Gosh. <laughs> then he then all of a sudden he's his prime is extended for however long so it depends where he ends up but you know it'll it'll frighten me if he ends up in certain places but if he ends up somewhere kind of nondescript that has no identity then it's like well we'll see how that works out but very curious and if you're the titans i mean they're becoming identityless so i yeah. think for his sake it's better that he finds a way to get out of there. Agreed. Go ahead and text in your Derrick Henry fits five zero eight five seven. Jim Colbert Show simulcast coming up after this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.